Welcome to the For Fox Sake podcast. By the fans, for the fans. With all the news, views and discussion from two lifelong Leicester City supporters. It's your show, so get in contact. Make yourselves heard. What's your opinion? The only Leicester City podcast that's by the fans, for the fans. This is for Fox's sake. Hello and welcome to For Fox Sake. My name is Pete Selby, and alongside me once again is Mr. Rob Hayes. Hello, Rob. Hello, Pete. And you finished your swimming and all that sort of gizmo. I, f- I finished my lengthy stint away from home. Wait, well, hey, l- lengthy. Lengthy. Length. Swimming. Ah, I didn't even mean that. No, I know you didn't because it was funny. Yeah. Uh, did the swimming in Sheffield for a couple of weeks. Got back from Sheffield, slept for about eight hours, then drove up to Glasgow for netball. Netball. Then drove back from Glasgow from the netball. Netball. And now I'm having a well-deserved day off recording for Fox 8 Podcast with you on on Champions Day Plus One. It is Champions Day Plus One. We initially wanted to do it on Champions Day, and we all know what Champions Day is by now. It is the day that we won the league, which was May the 2nd. It's actually May the 3rd now, but uh, plenty of social media activity regarding Champions Day. People posting what they were doing, memories of the day. Um... So we're just going to follow suit. Um, we won't harp on about it an awful lot because it's kind of been unpassed. Actually, to be honest, today is Champions Day because it's three years to the day that we lifted the trophy for the championship. Um, on, well, basically on Facebook, that time hop malarkey comes up with old photos. And uh, yeah, that popped up this morning, which was great. Yeah, um, by the way, when Pete mentioned that to me before we hit the record button, he called it Facenet. Facenet. Oh, I, won't, I won't tell you how old Pete is. No, no, no. I call it Facenet because it annoys everyone that I work with. That <laughs> Me and a mate of mine, we call it the Facenet. And uh, it winds everyone up. And it's basically, that joke's been going for about 10 years now. And it's I still call it that. It's, there you go. He's quite old. It's, no, it's because it's old. It's his age. I, I should call it the Facebook because that's what it was called, wasn't but it? But the, the Facenet. The Facebook. Um, anyway, so that came up. And uh, so it was great to see those videos. Um, but we'll, we'll talk about what we were doing this time last year. Well, I was down Weymouth watching it in a pub um, with the old family and all this, that and the other. And, and it was brilliant. Really good. Uh, you see all these all these videos and photos of where people were and they were watching it in pubs with 700 people, 1,000 people around their own house going down to the KP. The Leicester looked a complete, complete chaos on the day itself. Um, but I wanted to change it for the world. I had a fantastic time watching it down there, and uh, and then basically being out of the way for the entire week until the day of the game against Everton, and then driving back up and and being there for the Everton game. So I wanted to change it. It was it was fantastic, and uh, but then looking at everyone else's memories, brilliant, brilliant stuff. And 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 this will happen from now on. It will be known as Champions Day or or whatever you want to call it. Um, Basically, May the 2nd for the next decade or two or three, it will still be known as that. Because the story, as you look back at it, it still is, it's unbelievable. But it it gets better and better, I think. Do you think you've fully processed it a year on? I think I've processed it, but I I think I've been enjoying it, not more, but I, I really am still enjoying it a tremendous amount. Because you look back and, and you look back at... Um, who we beat and how we beat them and in the style that's that's the thing that gets me it wasn't a fluke it wasn't a uh, as, as some people say it wasn't because other teams were playing badly we lost three games that season we played enterprising exciting football up until the point where we were going to go for the league and then it was like right let's go and win 1-0 but we did it in a style of how many, how many of those games from February onwards, where we were winning 1-0, 2-0, 2-1, how many of those games did we really sneak or we hung on? Now, we won 1-0 with the Norwich game, a late goal, and there was one or two, but we didn't hang on in any of them. No. The last 10 minutes were, were fairly comfortable from my recollection. And then before that, up until maybe the time that we beat Man City 3-1 away, we were playing. We, we were the team who couldn't keep a clean sheet. We win three two. We're scoring goals, conceding goals. We were the entertainers. We were doing it in style, and that's something that I'm proud of. And then, 
and you look back and 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 it's the way everything happened and the way the trophy was lifted and all this sort of thing it was just done it, I, I wouldn't change a thing I was uh, at the snooker. Yeah, you would. That's a point because obviously Mark Selby won yeah. this year. Yeah, it's got a strange echo to last year, especially for you because you were there at the Crucible, weren't you? Yeah, last year I, I was watching um, that Monday night game, uh, and it was the same time as the final, and Mark Selby was getting ever closer to winning, uh, and I think it it happened within like twenty minutes of each other, uh, and and as you'll recall from. The podcast that we recorded approximately a year ago, I was um, I was in a position where I was actually working quite hard up up until the uh, the end of the final of the snooker. So I only kind of semi celebrated a few clenched fists, a few of the other people in the press room come and clap me on the back and say, "Nice one, you'll have a few beers in a bit. Do you want one now?" I was like, "No, sorry, really got to concentrate." Was it, was it a twelve a twelve second a twelve minute gap? Twelve or thirteen minutes, I think, yeah. something like that. Yeah. Uh, but once I'd finally, once we'd done the press conferences at the end of the snooker and and the and the stories had all gone ready for the press the next day, I grabbed a beer out of the press room fridge, cheersed everybody, and then I didn't stop drinking beer till about six a.m. Good stuff. And and I've I'm in a uh, a WhatsApp group with a few of the snooker journalists who were at the party this year from Mark Selby's uh, third win in four years. By the way, I tell you that, that that sounds like a tremendously dull WhatsApp group. Carry on. No, it's not. Is it not? No, snooker <laughs> journalists are actually. Quite, uh... Don't get me wrong. I do like Mister. I do like snooker. I do like snooker. Yeah. But I'm just going on the general kind of like. Is it that because the sport is dull, they're all kind of like raving alcoholics because I mean, they have to yeah. get over it? No, every day. nobody's ever uh, read or written a snooker report without having done so under the influence of alcohol. Because you need it after a day's watching it. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, but yeah, uh, it but we like, do like snooker. It, do like snooker. Yeah, yeah. Of course we do, uh, and we like our Leicester's favourite. Snooker son, he's got to have overtaken Willie Thorne as Leicester's favourite snooker. Snooker, oh, body. I, I, th- I think so. And and the best thing is, um, it's not someone who's just from the county. Do you know what I mean? It's mm. not like he's uh, from very South Leicestershire and he's not a football fan and he's basically lives abroad or something like that. This is, I mean, he's from uh, Lutterworth. I think he lives. That's where and he lives. He's from New Park. New Park. He's from. Yeah, yeah. He, he lives in Lutterworth. He's a huge Leicester fan. He's basically, I mean, I'm not going to, I'm not going to use the term. He's one of our own. I'm definitely not going to say that. He's he's like you and I. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's like he's he like is. you and I. He's just a normal bloke. Yeah. And the, and the best thing is, is when people turn around and go, oh, he's quite dull. I'm like, no, he sounds like a normal person. Yes. He because he just is incredibly normal. Who's incredibly talented. That's what I like. Three hundred and seventy-five grand, I think, was the winner. Three sixty, three seventy-five, something like that. That'll do. I'd love to be a fiver behind him. He's a, he's only the fourth player in history to retain his world title. Yep, it was. I watched it. I watched it all. Um, and for saying I've got to be up at very early. Um, it went on. It could have gone on a lot later. Actually, I so. thought it would. You yeah, know. I got a bit worried. And uh, and it was great to see that. But obviously, when he won, and then you saw the celebrations. You know, his wife and kid, and this and the other. My first thought was, obviously, this time last year, this, that, and the other. Um, and then obviously you were there celebrating. It, it, it was it was a great day, obviously, mm. with 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 the way it happened with Hazard. Um, plenty of stick to Spurs fans on social media, and and do you know what I thought as well? And I thought this actually since I don't mind Conte, the manager of Chelsea. I don't mm-hmm. I don't mind him at all. There's a million and one things I do not like about Chelsea. They are I I'm one of those supporters, maybe quite old fashioned, but um, I like to support all of the English and British teams, really, in Europe. Yeah, of course. I, I'm of that ilk, apart from Chelsea. I don't care. <laughs> I knew you were going to say I don't that. care for them. I really, I don't like the club. I don't like the players. I, the fans are dreadful. There's a lot to hate about Chelsea. But... Not on that night. But since, not just that night, since... Oh, so for the last year you've been a, a oh, Chelsea oh, don't, fan? Go, don't get me wrong, Costa's... Horrible person. Um, I don't like the club and don't don't like the fans. But since that night, I have mellowed big time. Not that I like them, but obviously I think you also just, you just dislike them less. I dislike them less. That's a good way of putting it. Also, the fact that they're in a race against Spurs, and I'd rather Chelsea win it than Spurs ten times out of ten. So, so you hate Spurs even more than Chelsea? 
No, I dislike Spurs for the way that they carried themselves last season, which I know we probably would have done the same. And all you never know, but also I know people are Spurs fans, and it's just that I don't like them. I don't like Spurs. I don't like that the way that they with Harry Kane and you know he's one all this sort of thing. And I for somehow their fans. Spurs are a, a, a good club, you know. They've won things in the past, this that, and the other. But for an awful long time, they've unachieved, they've uh, underachieved massively. And all of a sudden, they've just gone. We're a huge club. We're this, that, and the other. Now, this might be the effect that we're having on Leicester as well. We, we might be in the same position, but we're more realistic than them. And I just don't didn't like the way that they were, um, that they carried themselves last year. Basically, I don't think it was. I didn't. I just didn't like it. This is supposed to be a positive podcast. Can we? Yeah, well, yeah. Can we, can we drag you out of the negatives, please? Oh, it's not a negative. But what I'm saying is well, that you, I've oh, I hate Chelsea. I hate Spurs. I know, I've mellowed on Chelsea. I still don't really like them, but I've mellowed. Uh, don't like Spurs. Oh, if you ask a hundred Leicester fans, a thousand Leicester fans, who would you rather win the league this year, Chelsea or Spurs? I think you would get way into the nineties percent on Chelsea. On Chelsea. Based on last season. Based on last mm. season. And that, you know, at the end of the day, it matters a lot. But is it not enough that they came third in a two-horse race? Does, is that not enough no, punishment be, for them? No, because anything that we would say now would be diluted by the fact if they win the league this year. Because they could turn around and go, we don't care, we've won it this year. Which is absolutely the right so thing to we, do. Yeah, so we don't want to give them any ammo to come back at us no, not at just all. a year later. Exactly, because in my opinion, if they do not win it this year, that's the last chance they'll have for quite a while. Because they're not going to win it in the year after when they're playing at Wembley. No, because um, they are tripe at Wembley. By then, some of the players might have moved on um, because they've maybe had the best opportunity or the best period that they'll have at Spurs very similar to the position that some Leicester players are maybe in right now mm-hmm. um, and then uh, and then they'll be playing at the new White Hart Lane which could be anything you never know the manager might go so and, and also a couple of years in football is, is a huge amount but um, yeah that's my, my thought process anyway we were talking about Leicester weren't we? is this a Leicester podcast I think so yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we went from Leicester City Football Club to Snooker. Mark Selby yeah. to Hayton, Chelsea, Chelsea, in Euro- Chelsea in Europe and now Wembley Stadium Um so, what we're talking about? Champions Day. What Champions did you do Day. this year? Anything? Did you do anything to mark the occasion? No, I was at work and um, the director at work, MEA, the whole time, um, he's uh, a big Leicester fan. There's loads of Leicester fans, actually, in the in the broadcast, um, in the gallery area. And uh, Real Leicester fans? or Oh, no, real Leicester fans. Um, because it's in Milton Keynes, it's not a million miles away from Leicester. And a lot of people live in the area. So, um, so James, who was directing that day... Um, he's a Leicester fan. Uh, the producer was a is a Leighton Orient fan actually. Who um, crikey, who, re- who really got, who really got behind Leicester last year, and uh, so we just spent all day whilst I wasn't doing the job or talking and that um, kind of off air. Had a bit about, of a reminisce. Oh yeah, just massively like what we were doing this that and the other. Um, yeah, and it, was, and it was fantastic, uh, and that's what I did. And then got on social media an awful lot and and and, and did a lot of watching seeing what people were posting and watching their videos and their photos and I was retweeting a few and that was it I think you know put every now and again this is that and then I waited for the exact minute um, until it was the time when the final whistle went and put a year to the day today on our accounts for fo- for fuck's sake so, and that was it really but I did a lot of watching and, and looking at photos and, and things like that really um and and just you know listening to a few bits and bobs about it, it was great, really enjoyable. Yeah, it's nice to just be able to sit and and reflect on it because when it did happen a year ago, it was kind of the euphoria, the the instant sort of celebrations, the instant madness, and now it's all now we've had another another season, and and you sit there and you can look back on it and you go, oh yeah, I remember that, oh, I remember doing that, I remember. This and then you see other people remembering the way that they celebrated it because a lot of people uh, on my social media timeline shared their time hops, etc. Yeah, of where they were, what they were doing, and it was just nice to be able to revisit that and go, yeah, this is this this was a special moment for everybody, and and just spend a little bit of time. I I did the similar to you. I spent most of my day driving back from working in Glasgow, but I, I did manage to have half an hour or so just to have a quick scroll through and just see what everybody else 
had done last year and was doing this year. And I, th- I think most people have been will have been the same. It's not like they're going to have a, an anniversary party or anything. It's just fair, nice I to think sit some, and some people and, might have. Well, fair play to them. If you can do that in a midweek. Yeah. Uh, one thing I did do is I did listen back to a couple of For Fuck's Sakes. Did you? Yep. Yeah. Is, is, it, is it not enough damage to your ears that you have to sit next to me and talk about them and record them? You actually want to listen back to them but as well? It, it is, but I don't tell you that. Thanks. <laughs> but um, no, I listened because we did one, just a reaction one for about 15 minutes, where it was basically going, yeah, and then uh, and then we did a like a more concise one. Um, but uh, yeah, that, that was good. And and, and really, I, I suppose it's how have we done since? Not in terms of the league, because we're not going to go for every single game because at the end of the day, that's for the end of the season. But um, how have we carried themselves? And again, I've, I've mentioned this on a couple of occasions, and uh, it's something that I've mentioned to a couple of fans of other clubs and they kind of looked at me a bit funny and I went, yeah, that's because you just don't understand because you're used... When when we went... I went to Derby away in the Cup with my dad and I was looking around the ground and we were watching kind of like, what do they do before the game? Now, this was a big game for Derby and I'm not saying our flags are better than yours and all that sort of thing. But, but they are. But they are. And the way that we have our pre-game entertainment and the setup at the King Power, and again, the flags, the TIFOs, um, the free gifts and all this sort of thing, it's so much better than a club who are of a similar size, similar size stadium, even though it's looking really quite run down now, I think, Pride Park. And um, we just, we've carried ourselves so well in terms of looking after our own fans and doing things our way. Now, from the outside, people might not appreciate that, apart from when they've seen us on TV against the likes of Atletico the other week and against Seville and looked on the the TV and gone, hang on, that looks amazing. But I think the way that the club have embraced being champions, um, I like... it's, it's, It's little details, like the way that they had the champions with the Leicester City badge as the O, and then the line above it and below it with 2016, 15, 16, in mm. the like, things like that. It's well designed, it's well done. Um, I, I think they've just, they've done it right. The, the, the trophy's been available for fans to see. It's, do you know what I mean? Overall, if you look back on how the club, not just the fans, how the club has actually managed being champions, I think they've done it right. We can go into detail about their, um, pre-season campaign about on the field activity about signings of players that's one side of things I'm just, I'm just looking at it from a different point of view yeah I completely agree like like you say if you look at it on the pitch then we've probably not done uh, the the champions season that many well I, I don't think anybody expected it to be honest did, did we expect to be uh, dragged into uh, a relegation fight for a small period of time no did we expect to ever be thinking about retaining the title no, so I think it, as you say, it was it was a good thing for the club, and and let's be honest, again, our our owners have run this club so well in every single aspect since they first came in, amazingly well, and 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 all this that I mentioned before has to go down to the owners. Yeah, it's the, the decisions that they're making, it's the money that they're putting into into areas that other people don't even either don't notice or don't think about. They just think, oh, if the owners are, the owners are there to buy players and yeah, okay, they might have invested a bit in the training ground, but the owners are always thinking. They're thinking, right, how can we make this a better experience for the fans? But uh, obviously the businessmen, they've got to make the money, but they'll they have made plenty of money out of being in the Champions League and being in the Premier League, increasing the profile of the club and therefore their own brand as well. Which it, apparently they have, big yeah, time. Yeah, of course they have. Uh, and that's that's their interest, of course. But it's in their interest also to make sure that the fans are happy and that the, the Premier League status was, was retained this season. I, I think I think um, all, all that is completely true. But I think the way that the owners are, I think the happiness of the fans is one of their major priorities. Which, I agree. Which differs yeah. compared to a lot of owners in terms of not just happiness because the team are doing well and they're invested in players and this, but... Looking after them with free flags, free T-shirts, free travel, beers at the ground. It all sounds very simple, but in practice, it's actually quite a complicated thing to do. And I would hate it that Leicester fans would take it for granted. And I don't think they do it in the slightest. I know I don't. I know people I know who go to the game as supporters. I know they don't at all. And uh, it's it, that that side of things, I think the, the owners have done incredibly, incredibly well. In fact, I think they've done well in, in every single side of things. Because at the end of the day, if things are going wrong then we blame the owners. The person at the top gets the blame, like in the, on the field with the manager. 
but when things are going right, then it's only right that they should be praised. Yeah, of course. But uh, yeah, it's been a it's been a weird season, hasn't it? Which it always is with Leicester. End of the day, three years ago, winning the league, the miracle survival, uh, the greatest escape, as you would put it, of the year later, then winning the league. So what are we going to do? We might finish ninth in the Premier League, get to the quarterfinals of the Champions League. On paper, it looks very routine and a good, exciting season, but. Talk about the highs and the lows. I mean, my God, the lows would have to be, well, Millwall. Has, yeah, has yeah. to be. That's the for me the culmination of everything. Really, it was Millwall, um, and possibly maybe the first twenty minutes of Seville away because that was just after, and it still was all rolling, wasn't it? The snowball was still going downhill until it was just knocked slightly by that goal by uh, by Vardy. Um, I think Millwall would be the low point, and then obviously the high point being, well, a possibly even the result we've just had away at West Brom to confirm our survival. Also, the West Brom, uh, the Man City game at home, the Liverpool game at home, the Seville game would have to be the highlight probably at yeah, home yeah. by by quite a distance. To be fair, a season of extreme spikes, which if you ask a football supporter, you'd go, "Yep, yeah, I'll have some of that." Yes, please. Yes, please. You look. You look at who we let, let, look at who we beat on Saturday. Uh, West Brom, one nil, very average game, one nil win. West Brom fans. West Brom fans hasn't had anything to get miserable about or cheer about no. in in forever. Uh, Let's look, look at like you just reeled off. Win the championship one season, great escape the next season, Premier League champions the next season, and a world-renowned Champions League run. The atmosphere at which has been unrivaled, I think, in anything. Yes, we set off new decibel records when we beat Norwich one nil. Leo Joe's late goal or something because someone was measuring it. But let's be honest: the the atmosphere at the Sevilla and the Atletico games was out of this world. And and that we've had really amazing things happen in the last four four seasons. I, it's not I, like we've just trundled along and finished tenth. No, I was reading um, today actually uh, in the Mercury. Uh, the sharp end, James Sharp. He he wrote about he he said something along the lines of when Cambiasso scored against Manchester United in a game which was instantly voted the best game ever in the club's history, um, and it was confirmed by many people who have been around for for decades in their sixties, seventies, eighties, who said that was the best game that they've ever seen in their life. Who who would have thought that that would have been overtaken? Not once, but on probably three or four occasions since, yeah, yeah. with highlights being Leicester City fans. And you're completely right. There's, there's supporters out there who support West Brom who don't want uh, Pulis as manager. I know they've had a bit of a dip of form where they've not scored in about four or five games. But, yeah, you're right. You could be a boring mid-table team, which I know, to be honest, a lot of Leicester fans are thinking, to be honest, it'd be quite nice for, you know, maybe a season. Oh, come on. No. Oh, I, I'm, I'm, no. I, I like these highs and lows. I mean, I've, we've got uh, the TV on in the corner and... Um, They've just had a reporter on Sky Sports News who's away in Vigo for a Celta Vigo um, Man United, the semi-finals of the Europa League. And it looks a brilliant day there, some fans sitting in the square. And I'm just sat there thinking, you know, we could really uh, want some of this next year. And that's and that's the aim for next year, which of course we'll come on to in later episodes. What What's next for Leicester? Um but today, I think it's all about you know reminiscing and and see and, and and looking back of what we've done. And I remember, I all and I would never forget the game. But the Man City game at home for me, and I said at the time that if we go, I kind of predicted the future. Mystic Pete was he? Mystic Pete oh, was back. Mystic, was he? Well, we didn't even know he was around at the time. Mystic Pete turned up on the day, and he was right because I I remember saying on the podcast that that game was so good. And it was, at the time, so good that even if we go on a massive run of losing, it doesn't really matter. If the season turns into a bit of a disaster, it doesn't matter because that game was so good. How how wrong I was. Because obviously three, four months later, we're staring relegation in the face and we've just sacked the nicest man in the world. Yeah. Um, and But if you just go back to that one game, it was tremendous. That first 20 minutes, the, and again, I've never heard the King Power like it, until three months later at Seville against Seville, but those goals—they were brilliant goals. Slomani's link-up play was brilliant. Mares was just like last season. Vardy scoring after not scoring for a while—it it was just amazing. 
absolutely amazing. And then being 4 0 up at one point, I know they came back and scored two late goals, but that one game, you, you, these, this is what being a, a football fan, and especially a football fan investor, you, you take these um, individual games throughout a season and go, we've had a really good year. You might finish 10th, you might finish 16th in the Premier League, or whatever. You might struggle in certain competitions, but you hang on to these individual games and these run of two or three games or the odd win away. That's that's what being a fan of a club Leicester's size is all about. And that's what I like about sporting Leicester compared to a team like Spurs, who I've mentioned, I could not think of a club I would rather uh, I, I would hate to support. What, than more than Spurs? Spurs and the likes of Everton and, and that size of a club who don't win anything, they don't do anything. If you're a Spurs fan, and I've said it before and I'll say it again, if you lose in the Premier League, it's a disaster. If you win in the Premier League, you're not happy because you expect to. Yeah. So what are you happy about? Yeah. You don't win anything. So how are you happy as a fan? What is what is the aim? There's nothing. There's nothing there. They had a brilliant season last year and they're unhappy. This year, they'll probably finish second and they'll be a bit, oh, hang on. I can't understand it. Look at Arsenal fans at the moment. Yes, they're having a bit of dip in form and it's the worst things ever, ever. Mm. Now I know they're having a bit of a bad room, but my God, you know, a bit of perspective. But they don't, they can't, they don't have any. They don't live in the real world. Yeah, I think Leicester fans uh, have, whether they've been forced to or whether it's been a conscious decision, are, are good at keeping their feet on the ground and are good at recognizing. They're recognizing forced where, to, I think. Well, yeah, forced, forced <laughs> to for for most of history. Um, but I, we we spoke about it on the podcast. There was a danger uh, at the end of last season when we won the champion, when we won the title. That Did we? We did. We won the title about yeah. about this time last year, ish, somewhere around this time, um, and there was there was a real danger of Leicester fans raising their expectation levels. Which they have, to, to, yeah, of course they have. But but I think everybody has recognised with the difficulties that we've had this season, and and have very quickly reined them back in. You know, if we'd have gone and beaten most teams this season and been sort of seventh or sixth or or somewhere in and around the big teams. Leicester fans would have thought, yeah, 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 this is our this is our right, this is where we should be. I agree. That's absolutely untrue. I agree. And I think it's been a little bit... No, I never wanted to get dragged into a relegation battle. Of course I didn't, because there was a time when you thought, are we actually going to get out of this? Are we going to get sucked right in? Oh, we, we, were, we were staring slap bang into the abyss. Yeah. We were going down. But, we were down. But we I, think it's, I think it's kind of... It was a very quick wake-up call, a quick refresher to people to think, right, okay... This is this is the reality of how Leicester City will be. Yes, we had unprecedented success last year. No, we're not the kind of club that will continue to be pushing in that kind of level. And I really don't want to be. Like you say, we we enjoy the highs and the lows. They're they're quite extreme at Leicester. And each season for for the last few, we've had a lot to talk about. If if you do an Everton or a Spurs, and you think, yeah, yeah, we definitely should be in the top five, top six each season. What? What are you getting out of it? Do, do you know, if you were a supporter of one club in particular who have maybe gone so far one way that maybe it's, 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 it is good, but if you're a Manchester City fan who have had the highs and the lows and now all of a sudden you are a different club, and I imagine there's many Man City fans out there who are actually not happy with the way the club is because it's, it's not the club that they that they've supported. Well, it's, it's a different you know, club, isn't it? It's a different club. Now, I think as as Leicester fans, it, we will never get to that stage, obviously. But uh, I, I I agree. I completely agree with what you're saying. It's it's put many people's feet back on the floor, and I think this equates to how we react to our players, uh, which we'll move on to now because there's been a lot of criticism for one player in particular. Yeah. Riyad Mahrez. Now, yeah. first of all... PFA Player of the Year, Riyad Mahrez. I think we should start by saying PFA Player of the Year, Riyad Mahrez. He, he, he's one of the players who won the league, so instantly he's an absolute hero. Secondly, what an amazing season last year. But, a huge but, he has underperformed big time this year. Okay, uh, He has, in my opinion, looked more disinterested than he would do his normal lazy, la- uh, uh, laid-back style, should I say. Yep. Okay, But, for me, I think the level of criticism he's been receiving is over the top. Even though he has un- underperformed and he's not playing very well at the moment, I know he's not playing very well, but, for me, I think it's just a bit over the top, some of the criticism. If you look at 
his season on a whole, yes, it is disappointing, but he has still played well. I remember people were very unhappy with his performance against Madrid at Leicester when, yes, he didn't do very well in terms of beating players and getting the final ball in, but many of the moves towards the end of the game, or second half especially, came from an initial pass that bypassed two or three men. His his average ball and his average play is still an above average compared oh, to many other players. Is, yeah. I think we, we take... Set the, set the bar so high for him. Though. Yes, well, and he, he said, has. He, he said has. it for himself, didn't he? And so, yes, there is criticism there, but I just think it's just gone, for me, over the top in terms of people saying, oh, if he wants to go, we can go and all that. Now, that's a different question. If an offer came in for Riyad Mahrez right now, would you sell him or would you not? I think, for me, I'd rather keep him as a player, but if a bid came in and he went, thank you very much, have a good time, and if you go over to Spain, my God, every time you're on TV, I'll still watch you and cheer you on. Yeah, you know, you'll always be a hero. That's that's my. It's the, uh, it's the kind of attitude we had when Angolo Kante went, wasn't it? We were like, yeah, okay. There's some people that think he's jumping ship too early. Should he have stayed for another season, whatever? But yeah, I, but... I'm a bit more. I'm a bit more with with Kante. I, I, I he went basically, and and for me, it would have been nice for him to enjoy the Champions League with Leicester because there always would have been a big move there. He went for the money, and he's gone to Chelsea. Well, he and went, he's gone he went for, the... for more more guaranteed success as well, let's be honest. Absolutely, he, he, looked he, at he, it. He, still, he still went after a year. I, I would look on Mares or anyone who goes this year, I would look on them more favourably because they stayed for another year. But you still, uh, I, I have no saying, malice against Kanto. Yeah, we looked at it after he went, didn't we? And we both said, look... Yeah, it's disappointing that he's decided to go. We'd have liked him to for, to have stayed for another year, but but he goes with that blessing because he was such an integral part of winning the Premier League. Cor- correct, yeah. But, but I uh, but I understand what you mean. You're more likely to think that for Mares now because he stayed another season. Exactly. However, you know some some people will be listening to this thinking, yeah, but he was he was below par f- from his standards this season. Now we don't know what's behind the scenes whether. And this happens an awful lot when players end up moving to another club and it turns out there was an agreement and that player kind of tailed off towards the end of their final season at the club. I think I mean, the first person that comes to my mind was Ronaldo when he left Manchester United. There was a very public and well-known acceptance that the deal had been done and this was his final year and uh, he didn't perform very well towards... And you're talking, you know, very, very minor. He scored a hat-trick over a game, he scored two. But um, he dropped off slightly towards the end of the season. Maybe that's the point with Mahrez. You never know. You never know. Come 1st of June, then it could be announced that he's going to so-and-so for £40 million And it was done. In, it was, it was a done deal anyway. Who knows? We'll have to wait and see. But I just think the criticism, especially since the West Brom game, and I know he's not been playing well, and we've got the right to criticise everyone. But for me, I think it's just tipped over. Just tipped over now. The edge just just gone that bit too far, and let's just remember that he was an underperforming player in a very underperforming team for a large part of this season. And I think if you're going to look at like Maris is very much a confidence player. It took a long while to sort of bed him in in the back end of that championship season to to get him used to the style of play. It, his confidence would have taken a lot of knocks when he took knocks physically because he's he still is very lightweight, but he was even more so then. But it, it he was riding. He was a he was a massively influential player. But he was full of confidence because everyone was full of confidence, and that's the way that they were playing. If you look at the the large majority of this season, I think there's only one player that can walk out of that seat out of this season, head held high, and say I performed to my level every week, and that's Casper Schmeichel. I think everybody else will has to ask a question of themselves for whatever reason, whether it was Ranieri based, whether it was complacency based from last year. Riyad Mahrez is not alone in underperforming this season. I think it was just more noticeable for him because his performance levels were astronomical last season. And that leads on nicely to the end of season awards. Now, uh, they have been announced the end of season awards obviously you've got, got your yeah they're going to happen on the 15th of May I think you've got till the 5th of May to vote that is correct so you've got till the 5th of May so whenever you're hearing this it'll either be late on Wednesday the 3rd Thursday the 4th and then you've got Friday the 5th uh, so you've got player of the year young player of the year and goal of the season um, now I'm pretty sure if we go through the team we, we, we've mentioned him already Kasper Schmeichel for player of the year yeah. I think it's going to win by a landslide um, I would give notable words for Danny Simpson 
I think he's had a really good season. Again, um, I think he, he he was he was brilliant last season, and he was the, he's the one player that um, supporters from other clubs look at. And go, Danny Simpson, really? What the ex? What Man United QPR? Some problems in his past and all that sort of thing. Yeah, Danny Simpson, a good, solid, honest he's fullback. Steady, isn't he? He's a very steady player, and he's played well this year. Uh, the centre halves, a lot of criticism at the start of the year, and they've shown now you know, what good of players they are. Fuchs are very in and out season. Um, the midfield, obviously, people like Ndidi's come in and played very well. Drinkwater's again, I think, is underperforming at the moment. I, I, I do think it's his, the injury. I think there's scheduled a, um, an operation in the summer. Um, look back to the last England squad; he wasn't in there, yeah. not because of the performance, as Southgate said, because Leicester requested he needs time to rest in a time actually when Leicester didn't have a tremendous amount of fixtures so that tells a bit of a story I think there's a bit of a niggling injury that going on there um, and then you look at the centre forwards Vardy didn't score for a long time but fed off absolute scraps and I think he's played very well all season and you, you look at him now he's got a good goal scoring record overall for the season uh, I think he's just developing all the time into a player look at the goals against Liverpool mm. and, and they were what you would call a proper centre forwards display and goals, rather than just a speed merchant, and he still has it that in his book. Look at the goal at Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace. Try to say QPR for some reason. Twice. Twice. Yeah. Um, I end up saying it twice in one go. Yeah, he's yeah he's proved that. So he is a goal yes. scorer. It, oh, he really really. But has. we weren't playing the right the right style at the start of the he, season for him. He fed off absolutely nothing and I wouldn't be surprised. I think it was on 14 or 15 goals now for the season. I wouldn't be surprised if he's maybe touching the 20. I don't think he'll get 20, but you it never might know. Be, it'd be nice for him if he could. Oh, it'd be, it would be fantastic. That would for me. I know it's only it's a strange thing, you know, scoring 20 goals, yeah. It's a, it's, it's an individual player's thing, but I'd love it if he did. So we're saying for Fox 8 Podcast's player of the season is Schmeichel. Yes. If we're voting now for it, we might as well. Well, we've got to get our votes in by the 5th and we're not going to do another podcast before then. So Yeah, and we'll do our, we do our end of season awards anyway, yeah. which are slightly more um, obscure. Slightly more. Slightly more. And more. definitely not officially condoned by the club. Oh God! Well, everyone knows that. They're like, just, just clarifying. They know that. The, the club is not going to turn around and say, "You know, they're two clowns." Um, <laughs> for fuck's sake! Um, right. Uh, so that's the <laughs> player of the season sorted. Young player of the season. Interesting. Now, there's, there's, there's three players we, we, we should really mention. Yeah. You've got Ben Chilwell. Yeah. You've got Wilfred Ndidi. Yeah. And you've got Diamari Gray. I think they're the three main. I think if we look just slightly beyond that, Harvey Barnes has done brilliantly. At, he got um, Young Player of the Year at MK Dons and MK today, Dons. I believe, or yesterday. Tom Lawrence been extraordinary at Ipswich. Ipswich Players Player of the Year. Yep. And Goal of the Season. Yep. Um, and pretty much single-handedly kept them in that league. Yeah. Um, got and, scored nine goals, I think, in could, 36 games. And could still relegate Forest. Fingers crossed. Um, not that they... You know, uh, you know Alan March of Alan March Sport, the parent company of this podcast not a happy bunny at the minute mate I tell you what he's a forest fan if they go down if they go down we will we, we will start a social media from for fox attack sake, attack we, we'll get the uh the for fox sake listeners we should we should we need a we need a term we need a hashtag no we need a term what for for fox sake listeners yes um we could say what what's a fo- fox pack is it a pack? A pack of foxes? Or a pride? It's not a pride, that's lions. A den? A den. That's where they live, isn't it? Den. Wait, I'll tell you what, for foxsakepodcast at gmail.com if you've got any ideas. Yes. You know, like, Justin Bieber fans are believers. Are they? Yeah, there you go. You know, we're looking along them lines, I think. Are we? I wonder what that badge was that you're wearing. Yeah, sorry. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's a good point then. Okay, yeah, we need a we need a term. So what we'll do, we'll set hopefully, fingers crossed, that they get relegated. Also, to, do you know what it is? This is a good sign because uh, many many of my friends are Forest fans, um, living in the northwest of Leicestershire, and obviously there's rivalry. This and the other. I don't really care. Do, no, not you know, bothered. I'm, I'm not actually that bothered because they're insignificant. Yeah, they are in, and they will be for a long time. 
you know, uh, don't get me wrong. They're a mess of a club. I do like uh, playing Derby this year was was brilliant. I do like playing local teams. It's great, but they 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 really. I mean, I like them to go down. I would, but it's, you know, in the great scheme of things, um, who cares? But if they do, we could set the for Fox Eight listeners under the term of whatever we'll we'll be calling the listeners in the future, like a, a social media campaign against Alan March to wind him up. Because Not he, against him, against the podcast page. Oh, against the podcast, yeah. Because he is my boss and he pays my wages, so we should probably not oh, okay. do a personal attack. That's, that's good Otherwise, point. I will be jobless. That's right. But we, 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 he'll, we'll get wound up really easily. Uh, and he would hate it, and it would be really funny. That would be really funny. It would be really funny. Uh, so we're talking about... Um, young Player of the Year. Young Player of the Year. Now, uh, my vote is going to go for Ndidi. You're going for Ndidi? Because Gray's not played enough. Right. Chilwell... Hasn't been consistent enough, right? And Adidi has been right up there. Well, for me, it's going to be between Adidi and Diomari Gray. I think Diomari Gray possibly should have played more, uh, and unfortunately, I'm going to agree with you. What do you mean, unfortunately? You've agreed with me the whole podcast about different things. That's true, but that's it's nice when we don't dis- we we do disagree because then there's two different points of view, and then. I think it sounds better. But anyway, I, I agree. <laughs> stop I, agreeing with me. Stop agreeing stop with me. Stop stealing my ideas. Stop it with your sensible thoughts <laughs> and rational thinking. It's not like us to both have rational thoughts on the same podcast, does no, it? No, not at all. I agree with Ndidi. I think it's been a good signing. We paid the money up front. We waited for him to come because I think we signed him in about October, November. And then we had to wait for, obviously, the window to open. And I think he's hit the ground running. Yeah. He's, he's, a, a, he's a player now, but he can be a proper player. He's 20 years old. He's... Well, basically, he's got the world at his feet. He's got the Premier League at his feet, and I think we might even have to turn away a few bids. And again, if you go back, and I'll always say this because if it happens, I can just shout from the rooftops. I knew, Mister Pete, and I think I said actually after his second appearance, I said we'll be struggling to hold on to him in the summer. Mm. He, he he is a proper player for me. It's Wilfred Ndidi, which I know normally you like it to be given to someone coming through the ranks, but there we go. Um, so now we go on to goal of the season. Yeah. Now there's a number of good goals, um, and obviously the, the shortlist created by the club. But I think we can just go with our own. Basically, do you go for goals that have more meaning than others? I.e., if someone st- scores a stunner in a four-nil win, the last goal, or is it the the winner away from home against the big side? Are you are you re- referencing Wes Morgan's thigh against Sevilla? Yeah, as com- one of the potential goals of the season. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, personally, for me, I really like the Vardy goal against Man City, and it's the touch mm. from Riyad Mahrez. Mm. That one touch into his path, yeah. and then rounding the keeper and scoring. For me, that is my goal of the season because of the the game on TV, the team we were playing against, the fact that we weren't in very good form, the overall performance, the touch. The, ball, the original ball, I think there's some good play before um, the ball was uh, passed to Mares over the top. That for me was the best goal. I would have a very close second, and it would just be a you know an individual goal, and it was Christian Fuchs's uh, shot, yeah, his volley, and, and and again there's the difference between the two. But for me personally, it was that Vardy goal, um, which I think was the second or third. It wasn't the first goal. Second or third goal. Anyway. I, I like your pained expression when you think Yeah, I can't quite remember. I wanted to say second goal, but if it was the third, and it, again, it was just the, the moment in time and, and that goal. Very much like Vardy's last season against Liverpool, it was the occasion and it was the blockbusterness, which isn't a word, of the goal. And it was your reaction and the way you felt at the time. For me, it was that. I mean, you could say goal like Albrighton's goal or, or whatever against um, Seville, like you said, but for me, it's it's definitely... That goal. I think my goal of the um, if I if I'm basing goal of the season based on not anything to do with the what it what it means in terms of the match or anything like that in terms of just being a brilliant goal, it's got to be Ndidi against Stoke for me. Yes, a lot of people that, have that said that absolute thunder. I think people will win. I can't. No. I can't say the second part mm. of that word. That. Thunderbolt yeah. of a strike into the into the top corner, a rocket. Yeah, it was it. Yeah. just just as a just as a goal on its own as a goal in the way he just strode forward and absolutely smashed it. Mm. 
I just, remember, yeah, just just a brilliant goal. I remember Robbie Savage when he played at Leicester. He basically scored one goal a year, or one or two, and one of those goals every year he scored one, and it would be an absolute rocket from nowhere. And yeah, he just hit the ball and it flew in the top corner. And every season he scored one brilliant goal. Um, Is that why he thought he was such a good player? No, no, I. I I never thought he was a brilliant player. No, is that why he thought he was such a good oh, player? Oh, right, possibly, yeah. But one flew in from anywhere uh, for him. And I think, indeed, he might be that player. Hopefully he scores a lot more because he might develop into a box-to-box player. He scored on... from outside the box or nearly outside the box against Derby, didn't he? Yeah, he scored an amazing goal for Genk as well. Mm. That volley, which I think was goal of the season for them. That's yeah. well worth finding on YouTube if you can find that. Um, it was their, it was their goal of the season, so it's quite easy to find. But, but um, he brings a lot more to the table, doesn't he? If he turns into a box to box player, obviously we want him to score a lot more. But I think he might be that player who does score one or two absolute crackers every yeah. season and bring it on. Right for the final parts of the podcast, um, I suppose we better look forward to games. My word, it's. Still got games coming up, have we? Yeah, and Is I mean, the season still going. Well, we've got Watford at home. We've got Tottenham at home. No, sorry, Watford at home. Man City away. Uh, Tottenham at home on a Thursday, and then we have the final game against Bournemouth. Now, I can't be there for Saturday's game against Watford. Um, Shocking, which work. means that I'm having to yeah, it's a bit awkward. Dip out of uh, of a couple of hours worth of potential. Uh, league winning celebrations at the team I play for oh don't worry about that you will all be at the King Power um, I can't... Uh, what for Leicester Watford when <laughs> it doesn't mean an awful lot to either player it's, uh, either it's, it, it's got to do with a lot of illness at work to be honest but I'm doing that uh, I can't be there for Spurs because I'm away and where are you off it's on Thursday I'm going to Whitby very nice exactly Whitby beer and, uh, and basically that game is obviously quite far away from there and it's on a Thursday and it's a bit awkward and uh, but I definitely could be there for the Bournemouth. Well, I think your lack of commitment means I'm just going to take you out of the road so you can't, can't <laughs> the, commentate at Leicester for the rest of the season. For the rest of the season for that. So you've got those games, and I think we should just look at them in a the whole. I mean, we could easily finish eighth because West Brom are dropping like a stone. We have to play Bournemouth, who yeah. are above us, I think, uh, and Southampton are as well, and they're just in and out. So we're only four points off West Brom. Exactly. I, that, that beating them was was like your mid-table six-pointer. So Watford on Saturday. Winnable. Winnable. Completely and winnable. Very winnable. I think... 2-0. Yeah, 2-0. 2-3-0. Or Next game, Man City away. Tough. Because they are still going for the top four. But a very in-and-out team. I think they'll beat us 2-1. I think we might lose as well narrowly. But uh, I'll tell you what, I'm going to go for a 1-1 draw. I think, I think Robert... You optimist. No, I think Robert Hooth might have something up his sleeve once again. At the Etihad. Okay. Um, the next game against Spurs is the big. That's the one I'm really disappointed in missing because oh, imagine by then if they are have slipped out of the title race or we beat them, which means that to they put them out of it. to put him out. My God! Oh <laughs> that, my! That'd be God. another small victory in our season. Wouldn't it's it? a good job I'm not there actually, Rob, because I would leave the commentary box, walk around to stand with the lads next to them, next to the away fans. And and, and tell tell them exactly in. what you know what's what <laughs> you know and and all I've got on my head is that chant of we're coming for you and they're like ten points behind I'm like well okay <laughs> okay all right you do it you know and I'd love to be there I think this I think the this is a horrendous term to use Go so on. I'm going to apologise before now I think the banterometer is going to be um, yeah through the roof the what yeah banterometer oh my Goodness me. I, I apologised beforehand. Yeah, I'm glad you did. Do you know what I mean? I don't apologise when I swear on here, but I apologise for using that. <laughs> Banterometer. God, I feel sick. Banterometer. Banterometer. We won't use that again. Um, uh, I but think it will all. be. Two all, all, I think, is the result there. Two all. Uh, I, I think it just depends on what happens. Because I think it could be a game where if they're out the title race already, or they need to win to stay in the title race and we are winning, it could turn into a bloodbath. Mm. It could turn into... I mean, they got nine people booked in that game against Chelsea. I had a look the other day. Nine Spurs people. Spurs on their own had nine players booked. Yeah. Oh, wow. Nine people in one game. That The game against Spurs when Hazard scored. Oh, that game last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So they it just could, lost it, didn't oh, they? It could boil over. It really could boil over. And I really want it to as well. But... Um, 
that that game would be something really special. And then you've got Bournemouth at home, which fantastically the Birch is going to be doing his run. I'm not. No even, way. Is he not, actually? I not. I don't think he's going to do the run himself, but it's going to happen. Which, to be honest, when the Birch turns around and says no more, which has probably just happened, it should continue every year anyway. Yeah. That is a staple of the staple of the football club. That is. A, a, something that's ingrained in the club. It's, it's, been, everybody's, what, it's what everybody years. looks forward to. Is it 30, ultimately, yeah, thirty-seven years. I think he's done it. It was something seven. It went twenty-seven. It must be thirty-seven years. I've it's all I've ever known at the club that happens mm. last day of the season. Yep. Teams turn up and they join in. The opposition players run round. They do a lap, don't they? For it's their that warm-up. relaxed atmosphere, isn't it? And yeah. uh, it's it's always been a a real. Well, something you look forward to on the last day. I do. It's I'll nice that it's going to be a nice club like Bournemouth as well. And I always remember when I used to go to the games as a fan, um, getting there early for the mm-hmm. last game yeah. to see them run round. See Roy Cropper. Yeah, yeah. On well, Coronation Street. Because that's it. You know, it's, it's pretty much the only celebrity. Yeah. Well, nowadays you've got more than that. You love Mark Selby. You love all sorts. Selby will do the run. Well, no. But Sam Bailey will probably try and get herself in there. Selby will be doing the halftime entertainment on uh, on Saturday. It'll be, out, it'll be out of the trophy. Yeah, I'd imagine it's so. standard. World trophy, yeah, well done. Well done. It's going to be boring now, isn't it? Yeah. No, it's not. It's not. It's really not. <laughs> so we'll beat Bournemouth last day. It's, it'll be red hot as I, well. Yeah, I think we'll beat him like 4 0. It'll be red hot. Thir- I hope, I hope Max degrees. Gradle gets a game. I want to give him a clap. Yeah, it's, it's not really worked out for him there, has no, it? No, he said he wants to leave. So we've got a chance. Of... him back? No. Uh, so we've got to finish. <laughs> we've got a chance of finishing. In the top half, and it does mean a lot of money as well. The difference between, say, finishing 16th and finishing in possibly 9th or 8th yeah. is a hell of a lot of money. And let's be honest, 15-odd million. 8th place in Champions League quarterfinals represents a very good season for Leicester City. Exactly. Obviously, there's been massive highs and lows being the champions. And at the moment, we still are the champions. So you've got still got time to, to shout it because it's until... That the C goes next to the name of Chelsea mm-hmm. when they are actually the champions of England. I won't put it in, put it until they lift the trophies until it's technically theirs. Yeah, um, we are still the champions, so, so we enjoy it. Yeah, we'll sing it in way as the song goes. So enjoy being the champions of England for the next couple of weeks or week or so. Um, and I, I'm still, you know, I'm still kind of almost floating about it. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You, you still have that kind of um, weird kind of glow of being the champion still. Do you know what I mean? And I think it's just going to last and last. And I think it will get stronger and stronger over the next few years in particular. Yep. And bring it on. <laughs>